827 I solve problems all day I solve problems all night all I do is solve problems using problem solving skills Imagine you are moving at the speed of light is it self defense How many marbles would I need for an Intel i7 marble computer I want you to cross the rectangle so that's the uh welcome everyone it's time for Elsewhere night. Yeah, listen up. This is the fireside chat. <laughs> this is the fireside chat. Elsewhere night, we're going to solve your problems today. So, uh, we've had... Certified genius, both <laughs> confirmed Minsa members. <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah, I'm that's showing the my card to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Mensa geniuses solve your problems. Um, yeah. So, we've had... We have audience members with lots of problems alcoholism i you know relationship stuff and they send in their they send in emails from all across the world really some of them we'd had to pump through google translate uh so we're gonna solve your problems today yeah anyway i guess we'll just get started (laughs) um do you have a problem you want to go through first or or should i pick one i think i think you you've so far you've been carrying the water so you you got to introduce a problem all right i'll introduce a problem all right here's a whatever what what whatever viewers said yeah whatever you <laughs> sent in um this is so some of these we're gonna have to refresh because there's some that i've at one point i understood really well and and now don't but i think we'll start with a uh we'll start with something i understand we'll start with a gettier problem do you recall these gettier problems no. they're knowledge problems no i've are are no i've never heard our viewers, viewers <laughs> yeah, yeah. life yeah. problem yeah there's a life from her i've never heard of gettier's problem <laughs> from, <laughs> from richard gettier from bangladesh yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> sanjeev gettier sent us this problem and so i've just coined it <laughs> gettier problem and actually he, yeah. he he actually this guy invented a whole class of problems so uh they're called gettier this guy's got a lot of problems <laughs> So guys got a lot of problems. Anyway, they're called Gettier issues, Gettier problems. So this is a, an epistemology problem, and I think it's actually pretty epic. A little favorite of mine. Uh, so I'll just give you the, you know, I'll be your inter- interlocutor, if that works for you. And we can kind of run through the whole process. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right. Oh, let me just get a burp out here. First problem, Gettier divorce. <laughs> He's getting a divorce. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so let's see. Hopefully, you know, this is from memory here. I'm looking at the wiki, but I, I've been through this a couple times. Okay, here we go. Boom. <sighs> We've got him. I'm going to read along. Well, no, there's nothing to read. I'm, okay. I don't even think I'm this is in here. Along. Yeah. I actually understand this issue. So, you've got a man, you know, born into a room with no windows, etc. You know, uh, you know, has never known the outside. Yada yada yada. 
there's nothing in the room to indicate the passage of time. Um, the only thing in the room is a uh, there's a light bulb. Okay. Alright, maybe I can think of something better. Yeah, no, light bulb. There's <laughs> there's an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an <laughs> Xbox, and it's actually hooked up. Anyway, and um, it's an Xbox 360. <laughs> and uh, anyway, one day, you know, the he, the guy is uh, he's like 40 years old now. Anyway, one day there is some purely random electrical short circuit in the uh, in the uh, Truman Show world that this guy lives in. And it makes the Xbox tray eject. <laughs> okay. He he sees the Xbox tray eject. He goes, he says, I see the Xbox tray has ejected. Therefore, I know it is 3 p.m. in the afternoon. You know, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. 3 o'clock. Now, that's the only thing, you know, in the room. Anyway, now it just so happens that it, when this happens, just by chance, it actually is three o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And then my question to you is, does he know it is three o'clock in the afternoon? And we're looking for a sort of obvious gut reaction here. He, he does know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just do this right. I'm going to ask a shit ton of questions. You- he's, he's psychic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Come on, give me what I want. No, he doesn't know. Okay, but for real, he doesn't know, right? Like, I... Not just interlocutor stuff. He doesn't know it's 3 o'clock. Right? right. He got lucky. He does not know. He got lucky. But you could... Okay, listen. I'm just going to take this... I'm just going to take this... To its conclusion. Yeah. I mean, I want you to be a real I mean, interlocutor. Not just give me what I want, but... Yeah... Yeah, I know we're gonna kind of run through a whole bunch of stuff here. Yeah. You're gonna take me through the, uh, take me through the, um, the ringer, the circuit. Yeah, the circuit, the ringer. But I don't want you to just, you know, give me what I want and then in the end say no. You know, I actually want you to agree to each. Yeah, phase. no, yeah, 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 yeah. We're doing, the, we're we're <laughs> we're comedians, <laughs> so I got to throw in a little spice. Comedians in the car. Let's say there was a clock in there, and it read three p.m. And he said that clock says three p.m. Therefore, I know it's three p.m. Yeah. Does he? Does he? Is it actually? Does he? Well, hold on. Does We're, he know it's three p.m.? We are getting there yeah. exactly. Yeah, but it's, that's why. It's, that's why I just said. I know, but I want to make. I'm still on, stuck on. Do we agree? He doesn't know it's three p.m. with the Xbox 360 tray. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. he doesn't know it. Why doesn't he know it? obvious reason because yeah it's not there's no it's a post hoc ergo propter hoc fallacy <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that but actually no it is um okay yeah so now suppose instead of an xbox it was a clock that uh you know everyone assumes is functioning was, properly what type of clock it is it's <laughs> is a it? uh it's a uh what are they called a swatch it's a mickey mouse no, it's a swatch it's a Mickey Mouse swatch. It's a Mickey Mouse swatch. The swatch hits 3 p.m. He says, that's a watch that's functioning properly. It says it's 3 p.m. I know it's 3 p.m. And it is, in reality, 3 p.m. Does he know mm-hmm. it's 3 p.m.? Oh, man. This, may, this is so much harder. Not, not, nothing crazy. We're not going nuts. I'd say, yeah, right. He know, he, right? 
when we look at our watch, yeah. we look at our phone, whatever, it says 3 o'clock, we say, I know it's 3 o'clock. Yeah, we know it's 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. The difference between the two is, like, the reasoning mechanism, right? I.e., in the Xbox, Ooh, three, excuse in me. The Xbox 360 case, we as third parties, we're always going to be third parties here, we know that his, uh, his belief in it being 3 o'clock, or it's not justified. He doesn't have a justified, you know, reason. So, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. We arrive at the, uh, I think it's like a Socrates, Socrates, Plato, whatever, justified true belief theory of knowledge, mm-hmm. where knowledge, you have knowledge if you have a justified true belief. That is, you have justification, uh, the belief, like the claim of the belief actually is true, and you do believe it. Uh, right? okay. It'd be hard to know something if you don't actually believe it. Okay, yeah. so now, so this is called JTV, justified true belief, and this was was and is largely the operating criteria for knowledge and epistemology uh, since, you know, the Greeks. And then comes Sanjeev Gettier, our, yeah. our viewer, who really shook it all up with his little personal problem. So we have a man... I'm going to refer to him as the man, but we, we know that it's Sanjay Gettier, and this was a couple weeks ago this happened to him. This was a couple weeks ago in Bangladesh. This a couple weeks in Bangladesh, this happened to him, and he, yeah. he got really stirred up about it. So he's driving. He's driving in, in the countryside, and the Bangladesh countryside. <laughs> he's driving in the countryside in his cute little car, and he's driving, he's driving, and there's, a, there's some fields with animals and stuff. And he's taking it in, and he looks at the field. He looks at a field that's on his right, and he sees a sheep. And he sees an Xbox. <laughs> he sees a sheep. <laughs> he sees a sheep. He says, "Yeah, I see a sheep in that field. Therefore, I know there's a sheep in that field." Now, in reality. That sheep is actually a uh, collection of rocks. Uh, it's a er, yeah, it's a collection of rocks, white, black, whatever. And any human being in Sanjay's in Gettier's position, any human being with perfectly operating faculties would perceive a sheep. And if there actually were a sheep, there'd be no difference in sense experience of the person in, in his position, right? So. Sense-wise, there's no difference, etc. Anyway, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he's actually looking at a pile of rocks that is uh, so unusual so as to perfectly resemble a sheep. Now, this pile of rocks is in front of a little hill on, in this field. And right on the other side of the hill, there is a sheep. Okay? And so, right, uh, his claim is there's a sheep in that field. The question is, does he know there is a sheep in the field? Okay, for, we have to define sheep, and we have to define <laughs> field, and we also have to define no. So, does he know there's a sheep in the field? Uh, in, intuitively, no. Yeah, so the intuition is strongly no. This is like everyone feels no, right? And then the problem is just going to be that justified true belief has been established, or has it, right? So, if he doesn't, let's say he doesn't know that there's a sheep in the field, this means uh, he doesn't 
uh, our current understanding, right, is like justified true belief is the theory, right? So if he doesn't know, then which of the JTB has failed? Or is JTB itself not encompassing enough? Mm-hmm. Right? So is it actually, right, he's unjustified, right? Seeing a sheep isn't justification enough for the claim? It is true, and he does believe it. So it's just about is it justified or not? Or how can we modify JTB to account for the fact that, right, do, do you see the problem? I see what you're. I see what you're going for. Okay. And then we're so we're gonna we're gonna kind of investigate. Well, what is proof enough, right? For to like what what is just what is sufficiently justificatory? Yes. Justificate. <laughs> justificate. Justificatory. Justificatory. Yeah. There's no answer to it, but I love it. Justifying. <laughs> yeah. What 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 is sufficient to justify something? Right. Maybe. And so if we're just, if we're relying only on our, you know, sense perception, that's obviously flawed because, you know, you could see, see a collection of rocks, think it's a sheep, etc. So you might want to say, okay, well, let's broaden our, um, what we consider, like evidence right to not just be sense datum but also you know maybe like like an argument as to why like if he if he this if it's mr gettier in the hills of bangladesh Mm -hmm. if his if his claim was different i.e not just i see a sheep there is a sheep, but just you know, if if you tweak it a little bit, you know, maybe maybe uh, add in some probabilistic language. I think you would you would get closer to, I mean, fitting inside the realm of JTB, but also having its like truth value go up. So what are you? Sorry, you're just suggesting that he modify his claim. I don't either modify his claim or he, so I'm saying either he should modify his claim or we that. should or we should broaden I'm just saying in order to ch- like or broaden what we consider evidence um well I think so we can run through maybe a couple things so one right the chain his claim can't change because that's like the definition of the problem Right, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm literally just changing the problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so evidence, right? So like the like the the most, I think the most common reaction to this type of thing is like, well, just seeing a sheep isn't enough, something like this, right? Like the justification wasn't yeah. strong enough, right? But then you can just come up with more and more ridiculous scenarios, uh, mm-hmm. right? Wherein this line of thinking essentially results in someone wanting to make knowledge synonymous with certainty. Just to run through that a second like yeah right someone says oh you don't you have to touch it you can't just see it you have to touch it okay then it's a robot sheep oh well you have to cut it open well it's uh you're in the matrix you know whatever you want you know just some ridiculous shit yeah so no one wants that um maybe i could offer maybe i could offer you so there's a couple responses 
Yeah. This isn't like a big, you know, big deal. Um, so one that I think is kind of interesting, this guy Goldman of Goldman Sachs. Uh, yeah. The C- Mr. Goldman of Goldman Sachs emailed me because I reached out to him with Sanjay's problem. And I thought, you know, mm-hmm. I could use a second pair of ears on this. Balls. A second pair of balls on this. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, you have to add the justification... The object of justification needs to bear a causal relationship to the or, belief. That was something. That was something I wanted to say. Is uh, like correspondence. How like while his while Sanjay Gettier's claim is like ultimately uh, it's true that there's a sheep or whatever in that field. And so you could like say that his claim that there's a sheep in the field is true. You know what I mean? But there, but there isn't like a correspondence between his claim and like the object he's making it on. Well, like there. Sorry to, to, I think yeah, I think we're agreeing here about right the the, the I'm, truth I'm just, the truth of the claim right the T in JTB the truth of the claim needs to have a relationship to the justification of the claim right. So in the case of the Sanjay and the sheep. It's true that there is a sheep in the field, but that true sheep in the field has no relationship to his justification, which is the pile of rocks. Yes. Yeah. I, w- I, w- I, I had something. I was. That's. I wanted to bring that right, up. Right. Because it's still right. We still don't really like it because he basically, Sanjay seems to be. Uh, it seems to be true by chance. Right. And we don't really yeah. like that. Uh Let's see. We're Smith believes in Um But I think there's a here's a an issue. There's an issue with this. I'm trying to read it. Uh-huh. You're trying to read trying Sanjay to read, Goldman's yeah, letter. I'm trying to read Sanjay Goldman's letter. I think. Uh, oh, so Goldman has his own theory of justification. And uh, oh, oh dear. Kind of right there. But I guess there's just going to be issues with causality. Although I feel like there's um, some type of classic example, like little example story, wherein this causal relationship doesn't hold true. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe I can think of something. Like maybe, like, I think to myself, the sun has risen every day of my life. Mm. Therefore. I, be, I I know it will rise tomorrow. I think yeah. that's a belief I'm where I'm correct, right? I do know that the sun's going to rise tomorrow. I'm not certain it will, but I know it it will, right? Do you feel good about that? That we know it, that the sun's going to rise tomorrow. Yes. But the sun having risen, right? This induction. Yeah. Bears no causal relationship it's, to the fact that it will rise tomorrow. Right. Assume assume we're in the future and it did rise tomorrow. You know. So then, that's an issue, I guess. Where we have some more here. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> on the sun? Well, just like the on sort well, of like, human. But that's an example. Skepticism. If we were to take on the justified true belief, where the truth of the belief has to bear a causal relationship to the justification of the belief, uh-huh. but that theory fails immediately when one considers one's knowledge that the sun will rise tomorrow. That no, none of the reasons you think it's going to rise tomorrow right. bear a relationship to the truth of it actually rises tomorrow. 
Yes, maybe I'm not yeah, thinking that through enough, but that seems pretty good. Here we go. We got. Uh, I got another email. I shared it with this guy Keith Lear and Thomas Paxson. They propose a defeasibility condition. On their account, knowledge is undefeated justified true belief, which is to say that a justified true belief counts as knowledge if and only if it is also the case that there is no further truth that, had the subject known it, would have defeated his or her present justification for the belief. Thus, for example, Sanjay's justification for, oh wait, this is, uh, for believing Fuck, I, I'm the, the, the examples are all getting mixed up. <laughs> How do we apply this? Is there is there information? I guess right. If 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 Sanjay had known that the sheep was behind the field, then he mm-hmm. would have said, "Oh, I don't have justified true belief because." Right, but that just seems stupid because it's like, well, actually no, maybe that's actually yeah. good. I like this. Maybe it it doesn't. Well, I thought help. I thought they were saying that it's it that uh, their framework for uh, justified true belief just included that if there's any further information that would defeat the justification, then that is not a justified true belief. However, in the case of Sanjay here, if we told him that there's a sheep behind the field. Uh, but it wasn't the collection of rocks that he saw that would like that would defeat his justification because his justification was seeing the rocks. Yeah. Right? So yeah, this would not work out in Sanjay's yeah, case. Yeah, there is a further truth such that had Sanjay had known it, he would have felt that he actually wasn't justified in his belief. That's pretty interesting. I can't think of any on the spot counters. I like that. It doesn't. The only thing that's unfun about it is it doesn't help the person trying to ascertain knowledge mm-hmm. or know if they have it or not. But it does help. Yeah, it's a de- it's a detective. Yeah, it helps the school. omniscient, the hard-boiled <laughs> detective uh, Mensa members uh, when they're reading emails mm-hmm. from disgruntled audience members. And then you have pragmatism. But I think we're starting to. I think we're. I think. I think we've seen this problem through enough to appreciate it. Yes, but there is maybe maybe a closing thought. Maybe we could deliver a closing thought about Sanjay to hopefully help him in his, um, in his sheep. Yeah, seeking. yeah. Maybe we can offer him some advice for the next time he's in such a scenario. Yeah, some pointers for how to how to know if he really is seeing. Wait, sheep. hold on, hold on. I'm just received a new email. And turns out, even though I put a do not distribute addendum on my email I sent out to a couple people, okay. it looks that uh, that they did some experiments. They they actually took they took Sanjay's problem. Sorry, Sanjay. I know this is some type of violation, maybe HIPAA, Oof. the philosophy equivalent of HIPAA. But some studies show that traditional intuitions about Gettier cases might vary cross culturally. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. If I had read the next line of the email, it would have said, actually, subsequent studies have consistently failed to replicate those results, <laughs> finding that participants from different cultures do share the same traditional intuition. More recent studies, so this evidence is for the opposite. Wait, primordial. hold on. More recent studies, 
even oh, okay so there was an original study then there were subsequent studies and now recent studies have been providing evidence for the opposite what 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 people what? from a variety See, of different cultures have similar intuitions what okay that we have to define subsequent and recent uh, well there's the original then there was the subsequent and now there's the most recent although <laughs> i'm not going to follow up on these articles so anyway yeah. final final idea for sanjay um honestly I would just, uh, I think you skip the last part, you know, just see the sheep, that pile of rocks, just see it, and uh, you don't need to make a claim. You can just keep driving, you can just, <laughs> you can just, don't worry about it, dude. Or, I don't know, what do you... <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, Sanjay, you need to adopt a more skeptical uh, framework, more skeptical <laughs> epistemology. Yeah epistemological framework and you need to be aware that your uh sensory faculties are flawed right and that you can be misled by your sight your hearing your smell your taste <clears throat> you just got to be aware of that you got you got to be on the defensive when you're making claims about the world yeah i think uh you know i might even take a step further you know sanjay needs to stop looking out at all these fucking sheep Start looking inward and think, why do I, why do I feel the need, you know, he, you know, he, you know, you want to make a claim and, and maybe we suggest be more skeptical. You know, if you're going to start making claims to yourself in your car, in your Mitsubishi uh, Lancer, um, you know, you better get real skeptical, but that's a lot of energy. You know, what, what is it about your life that you feel you need to make claims? Like, why can't you just be happy with your own little subjective world of, you know, whatever. <laughs> I think the real problem you're running into, Sanjay, is the need you feel to make claims about the external world. Um, I think you leave behind the world of belief and enter only the world of faith. That is based and Okay, truth. fantastic. I think it's your turn. I think you have some emails <laughs> that I haven't heard. Okay, well, let me check my inbox. <laughs> Let me log into my uh, my AOL. Let's check the. Uh, Don't forget to <coughs> check the spam folder. Oh, dude, they're blowing up. Okay, hold on. And 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 before you go into it, could you say the gist? Because some of I've I've read some of the emails and I haven't read others, and I think it'd be fun to to go through one I haven't read yet. And we can get to the other ones. Actually, we can do whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm reading the subject line for some of these emails. It's so funny. I kind of want to do the uh, Sleeping Beauty okay, problem. Okay, yeah. This is one we both read. Yeah. This is one so, I really feel good about, actually. About my, my grip on the situation. <coughs> Although I'm a little rusty. Okay. So, just opened up my inbox... And Sleeping Beauty, the, uh, you know, the fairy tale princess has sent me, you know, a problem that she's experiencing in her life. Via Pigeon. Which is that, uh... Via singing pigeon. songbird. Via, via Walt Disney cyborg <laughs> uh, delivery man. So, here's the problem is, you know, obviously she's Sleeping Beauty. She keeps falling asleep yeah. 
she's the she's the slooper she's the <laughs> eternal slooper yeah and so she's always sleeping but occasionally she wakes up and when she every time she wakes up she has no memory of previous times where she has woken up so you're saying that she just um, she just sleeps wakes up for a couple minutes and then goes back to sleep and never has any memory of anything other than the current moment yes Except for, she's a slooper. unless you were to give her some type of instructions maybe she could remember those yeah she has no long-term memory uh faculties those have all been atrophied from years of slooping yeah yeah um and but also every time that she does wake up there's someone sitting right next to her and uh <laughs> i think you might be going <laughs> Keep going, yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry, I'm just reading the uh, this the subject line of yeah. your email, and I need. I think I need. You want me to? Need I to can. I, I have a read the body. Here, I'll, I'll 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 finish. Not finish, but I'll, I'll help start this out. So, yeah, that's fine. You know. I'm okay. Okay. okay yeah. That, yeah. So, Sleeping Beauty. Um, you know, she's a well-known sleeper, and so I, I, the, we were emailed by some scientists who wanted to tell us about some experiments they ran, where they, they actually reached out to her publicist, and they got in talk, contact with her, and they, they got to meet her, and they, they said this. Yeah. They said, okay, Sleeping Beauty, we're going to tell you about this. Uh, we have a plan here. You're going to go to sleep, and after you go to sleep, we're going to flip a coin. It's a fair coin, and it's going to land heads or tails, classically. Then, Quantum so this, <laughs> so if it, the coin now, our viewers might want to start using visual aids. They might want to get out a piece of paper and start drawing. Get out a piece of paper. Start. Yeah. Start taking derivatives. Start taking derivatives. So if if the uh, coin lands heads, okay. If it lands heads, we are going to wake you up. It's it's currently Sunday. Okay. If the coin lands heads, we're going to wake you up on Monday and we're going to ask you, do you think it landed heads? What are the odds it landed heads or tails, right? So we're going to flip the coin after you fall asleep. We're going to get the result. If it's heads, we're going to wake you up on Monday and we're going to ask you, what do you think the probability is that the coin landed heads? Uh, if it lands tails... We're going to do that, except we're going to do it on Monday and Tuesday. So on Monday, we'll wake you up, and we'll ask you, what do you think are the odds it landed heads? Then you're going to go back to sleep, and you're going to forget we asked you that question. And then we're going to wake you up on Tuesday, and we're going to ask you again, right? And you won't remember that we've already asked you. Uh, importantly, Sleeping Beauty also has no way to know what day of the week it is, okay? So... And then uh, after both... A after the experiment's run, we're going to shoot you in the head. So, um, <laughs> so then she's out of the equation. So the question the, the experimenters are asking us, now they have the answer, but they won't tell. Their question is, what do you, when, when we woke her, uh, when we woke, we won't tell, okay, so the experiment, so they ran the experiment, <laughs> they won't tell us if the coin, they looked, at, they the looked data. at the data, and there was a paradigm shift, and they won't tell us what Sleeping Beauty said, and they won't tell us if the coin landed heads or tails. Their question to us is, in any case, when we wake her up, whether it's in a heads world or a tails world, 
when we wake her up and ask her what probability, what do you think the probability is the coin landed heads, what should her answer be? What answer, if she gave it, would be the correct answer? Now this is this is kind yeah, of a, this is a hard. I think this is a little hard for our audience to kind of wrap their heads around. So, if I might suggest, so I'm. Let's 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 put it in terms that cinematographer philosophers can understand. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <five minutes>. yeah. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, right, there are three days where Sleeping Beauty is waking up, right? Sorry, say it again? There are three days where Sleeping Beauty is waking up. Well, there are three... And and there are three possible... There are three total possible days, but there's really only... Two worlds. Two, yeah. Heads world, tails world. The world where it lands heads. There's the heads world. world It lands tails. There's the head... Now, hold on. Maybe I'm mistaken but i thought that in the heads case oh interviewed on monday only okay i see so there's so heads world she gets woken up monday wednesday no 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 she's killed Uh, she on on heads world she's woken she's interviewed on monday and then shot in the head in either case she'll be awakened on wednesday without interview yeah yeah so we don't care she's shot in the head we gotta remember we gotta forget about wednesday Okay, well, I'm forgetting about Wednesday. So there's either one wake up or two wake yeah. up. Yeah, heads, she's woken up once. Tails, she's woken up twice. And each yeah. time she doesn't remember. So the, so there are two situations and then three wake ups in each of these. Yeah. Like in total, there are three divided across two. Um, yeah, might I suggest to the audience that they draw a big uh, plus sign, and the the you know you've got the horizontal axis, vertical axis. On the top, above the horizontal axis is the heads world. Below the horizontal axis is the tails world. In the top left area, you can put an X, and in the bottom area you can put two X's. Right, one X the bottom left, X in the bottom right. So this is like the situation. Yes, this is the situation. And the question is, when you ask her, what answer, if she gave it, would be the correct to the question, what do you think the probability is that the coin landed heads? What do you think? I'm, I'm thinking about what I think. I'm thinking about what I've thought. Yeah, actually. right? Because and, and and what, what, maybe you could, you know, what are, what are maybe... What do you think the audience is thinking? What are the odds that the coin landed heads? It sounds it sounds to me like it's 50-50. I think the audience might so there's a couple ways, a couple uh clever fox-like traps that the that Sleeping Beauty uh sleep studyists have set yeah. for us. Um which is yeah, I mean, the impulse is to just say, well, it's a, it's a coin. There are two sides. 50-50, yeah. right? But then you get into the, you know, the nightmare <laughs> of all these different situations yeah. of like, well, listen. You know, in 
you could be in a reality where it's it's you get woken up on Monday, Tuesday, but it's tails, right? And then you have so those are two situations where uh you know there's no heads in this equation and you would have no way of knowing that basically you're fucked. What do you um, think about this though? What do you think about this? Right, yeah, you're bringing up that Right, if you're sleeping beauty, right, you don't know when you get woken up, you don't really know, right? But say you you're sleeping yeah. beauty and you you've just been told this plan, you haven't gone to sleep yet, and you want to come up with a strategy such that you know, your answer will be right most of the time. Right? Yes. If you say that it's a 50/50 or let's say so you think to yourself, "Well, I'm going to be woken up when I when I'm woken up, I won't know which case it's in, which case it's in." But since the coin flip is like a 50-50, or I'm, I'll be woken up, I'll be in one of three situations, right? Two of those situations, mm-hmm. the coin is tails, and in one of those situations, the coin landed heads. So if I say that there's a 33, there's a third percent chance, I'll be right two out of three times. And there's yes. a 50-50 chance I end up in either situation, so... Um, Right. If if Sleeping Beauty is a betting person, she will say she'll answer the question with there's a third percent chance that it landed heads, and this will result in her being right two out of three times. Right? Right? If 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 you ran this if you ran the simulation. Well maybe maybe I'm getting tripped up on a basic issue mm-hmm. here but she needs to make a claim about whether or not it has landed heads or yeah tails. yeah yeah she's not just giving a probability she's saying she's saying like we're, well the the because right right she doesn't she doesn't even she doesn't even know she's not deciding that a third of the time she will say it's heads she because she doesn't remember anything right or well she can come up with a little strategy if she wants she she never but she doesn't know she doesn't know what time what she, she doesn't know which day it is what time you're yeah. right so she can't she can't come up with the strategy that says okay a third of the time I'm going to no, say no, it's no. heads but she she what she does know the only thing she knows is the the setup of this experiment she understands the scenario she's in like she understands that there's a heads tails yeah. and blah 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 when she knows that when she wakes up. And if you'd like, I can tell you the actual exact question the experimenters asked her. Would you like to hear it? It's kind of odd. I yes, I've I I, I read it. Yeah, in the email. let me just say. So the official you, you question is: like. This is posed to Stephen Beauty. This was posed to Stephen Beauty. What is your credence now for the proposition that the coin has landed heads? Now, this was new for me. This word credence. What is your credence? Credence means, what mm-hmm. is your sense of the probability? Sure, she's being asked, what do you think the probability is that the coin landed heads? So it's kind of interesting, right? Because it's not asking her, what do you think the probability is for a coin, you know, a coin flip or something. She's, what do you think, it, what do you think of the odds it landed heads? I guess maybe it is the same thing. But anyway, the dilemma yes. here is between... Her answering 50%, right? Like, well, there's a 50% chance it landed heads. Versus the fact that if she answers there's a one-third chance, 
she will be right more often or or if she said you know for the <laughs> for her to answer one third uh oh gosh this is hurting me these experimenters knew what they were doing when they did this um There are three scenarios where she wakes up. Two of them, it's tails. One is heads. So there's a one-third chance that when she wakes up, that she's waking up in a heads world. So if she says, there's a one-third chance it landed heads, and if you were to rephrase that as saying, I think it landed heads, she's only going to be right one out of three times. And so she might answer, I think there's a third chance that it landed heads. Anyway, this <laughs> this is a toughie, um, mm-hmm. and I think there's an interesting thing here about it's being recast in terms of uh, betting. Like betting. Yeah. is that is that done properly? Uh, is that okay to do? And it's I'm just thinking because it seems like it seems like it sneaks in. I don't know. Uh, I'm just. Wh- well, I think betting might... Sorry, I'm getting... Yeah, no, no, I'm just getting... I think something linked to the betting is the fact that she's being asked about something that has already happened. And, and like, she's mm-hmm. on this wake-up schedule. So, like, you know, if she were to be asked about a future coin flip, right, of course she would say 50-50. But she is somehow, in a way that maybe hurts my head to think about, she's somehow involved. Like, her being conscious is, like interlinked 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 with uh mm-hmm. with this coin toss anyway where do you yeah. fall on this where, are you a thirder or are you a halfer and this is the official <laughs> that, phrasing this put was, forth by the experiment this was the real the real meat and potatoes of talking about this is just talking about the <laughs> thirder halfer and double oh i hold on i don't position. understand the double halfer the double halfer scientist in the email argues that both heads oh this is fucking this is like probability <coughs> language argues that both heads and head money equals one half particular in particular argues that context sensitive proposition like it is monday why are we talking about it is monday are in general problematic in conditionalization and proposes the use of an imaging rule instead where which supports the double halfer position what the hell does what are they voting he's for just, he's just saying I don't know. It's saying that the probability that it was heads and the probability that it was heads and also it is Monday oh, for the phrases. is one half. Yeah. Interesting. Heads and Monday. But it seems like heads and Monday... Oh, that's tough. Anyway, I have an... I, I, feel, like I, underst- I feel like I understood this when we talked about email it email came in a while ago and now I'm... Uh, I've just confused myself. Somehow. I have an argument for the thirder position. As 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 extremely okay. alluring as it is to say 50-50, because it's true that half the time you're going to be in a tails position and half the time you're in a heads position, but her consciousness, you know. So, but this, I think, maybe this brings attention to the betting idea. Well, I, I think, yeah. Well, well I the, think, the, no. The subsequent so, story I'm about to tell. 
Imagine All the right. same scenario. This is one of the, one of the experimenters says this. The scientist that sends the email. A lot of different scientists. A lot of different ideas. Um, one of the scientists says, suppose that we had actually, if it's a heads day, we woke her up once, and if it's a tails day, we woke her up one billion times. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. In this scenario, it is overwhelmingly in the interest of if if she were to be financially rewarded for a correct, you know, whatever, I don't know, maybe that, I don't know, this whole betting thing really rocks my noggin. But if she's woken up a million times in the tails day, and, or a billion times in yeah. the tails day and one time in the heads day, it does seem like when she's woken up and asked, what are the odds it landed heads? Well, if she's gonna be woken up a billion and one times, and in a billion of those scenarios, it's tails, and one at a billion, it's heads, you definitely want to think she's going to say one out of a billion. Or, yeah, there's a one out of a billion chance it landed heads. It, so I, I yes. think that is, like, moderately persuasive. Although it mm-hmm. really hurts me to not say that what are the odds it landed heads? 50-50. I don't know. There's right. also, well, I'm so in love. Sorry, at the very end of our discussion of this, I want to read the sailor's child problem without any <laughs> subsequent follow-up on it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm game for that. Uh, you know, I I um I see where you're coming from. I just gotta like smooth out some creases go- going on in my. Brain. Yeah, I gotta go smooth brain mode for a <laughs> sec, and then we'll reassemble. We'll refold the proteins. Um. Yeah, I'm. So yeah, yeah. I no. I actually think the betting language is better because it go it 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 cuts away all of this talking about like what is your confidence that it is that it was tails or it was heads, and then that being like you just saying a probability for something doesn't correspond to the actual reality of that thing which I think is what I was getting hung up yeah. on. You know what I mean? Like if I flipped a coin right now and I just had it in my hand and, you know, you can't see it. And I said, what, like, what is the probability? Like, what do you think the probability is that I'm looking at heads right now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could say like, I mean, you could say 50% because you know that the odds of the coin or whatever, but like your answer doesn't actually make a claim on the outcome. It's just saying you're just talking about probability. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. You know She's I mean? not saying it is heads so or there, it is tails. It's what are the odds? Yeah. There's so there's no there's no so the, I'm just getting I was getting hung hung up on like what sort of validation. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I uh, nexus we're working in, but with the betting, it's a lot easier, mm-hmm. right? Because because the betting is just um, if you decide beforehand that you're going to wager x amount of money on the result and then whether or not the result is true you get that money that's a lot more intuitive than um talking like talking about confidence and stuff so in that case we're just talking about betting screw the fucking the original sleep scientists they were just trying to put freaking worms worms confusion confusion worms in our brain so yeah, let's say let's say Sleeping Beauty starts the experiment with one Bitcoin, and 
and she decides ahead of time how to divvy up her Bitcoin bets, mm-hmm. right, on on heads and tails. Um. On on this whole thing, or I suppose just on heads. She's only betting on heads, right? She's only betting on whether or not it's heads. Um. In that case, well, then I also suppose that the the the, the it's hard. Well. Because you can't decide beforehand, right? Because obviously, if you decide how to, well, how to do it beforehand, then it is just straight up fifty-fifty odds. The whole point of this is that she's being asked after she's yeah, been I, woken up. And yeah, she I has think the knowledge. real meat is so, that she's involved. Yeah, yeah. And so I think if I understand you right, you're saying that if 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 we view the problem, if we think about the amount of rational risk-neutral, uh, uh, how much how much should she wager? If the payoff for being correct was uh, one unit, say, in the head scenario, Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. would spend, so, right, she bets one, and if she's right, she gets one back, so now she has two, right? So in the head scenario, let's say she bets on uh, it being heads every time. In the head yeah. scenario, she would bet on it being heads one time, and she would receive one money for being correct, right? So now she has two. Yeah. In the tail scenario, she would spend her wager, she would bet its heads twice and receive nothing both times. So her expected value for betting that it's heads, her expected value in the scenario is to gain 0.5 but lose 1.5 times her wager. Thus, she will break even if her wager is one-third. This is... Right. Yeah. So so this is to say if, I, if she I, goes into the problem betting a third of a dollar... In no matter what, and she goes through it, whatever. Uh, is this making sense? Yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand this. Um, and then it's just funny. Uh, it's just funny that like this concept of um, of like knowing. And confidence is being associated with like breaking even. Yeah. On like yeah. a wager, which is I don't I don't know what the like the probab probability men would say about this if that's the because um, you know if because we're like we're at the same time we're assume like it's like one like one is certain hundred percent confidence is probability of one right. And so they're kind of like combining these two, which, you know, I'm comfortable with, but I'm just, this is just for me. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull back the curtain a little this bit. This problem might this. be too powerful for me. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm going to settle. <laughs> I think, I think I might settle on thirder just to be done with it. Just so I can stop uh, worrying about it. Okay. What, <laughs> what about my, what about the two thirder? The double halfer? Oh, two. The, the the two. Why is there no two? Because the question is about <laughs> did it land heads? <laughs> That's true. If they had just said, yeah, I think it's probably for language wise. Otherwise, it'd be the instead of the thirder and the half, it'd be the two thirder and the halfer, and everyone likes short phrases. Well, it's funny because because in, in of money you're betting with, or you're getting the same return on your bet no matter what you bet, right? 
there's also there's also no incentive yeah you always to bet get, yeah more than you know what i mean you're like you're not going to get more out of it by betting more yeah yeah she yeah. she would never bet a different amount she'd always bet the same anyway yeah you know, maybe this is maybe this is actually testament to the Haffer position being correct because if we think in like a more mm-hmm. kind of all-encompassing faith-based transcendental sense, whether or not the question is lands heads or tails, right? If if the question is what do you think of the odds it lands heads, the thirders say I'm a thirder, but if they ask what are the odds it landed tails, the thirders have to say oh, I'm a two-thirder, and so th- their shit their shit changes. But the Haffers always get to say I'm a Haffer. And so, in some sense, yeah. they're consistent over time on, across possibilities, and that's kind of, I think, in, like that's special. So maybe, maybe I'm a halfer. Um, yeah. I want to finish here. You think it's cool? We're done. All right. So, so there's something they they the scientists concocted a different problem that they say is identical to the Sleeping Beauty problem, and I'm just going to read it for you because it's funny. Imagine a sailor who regularly sails between ports. In one port, there is a woman who wants to have a child with him. Across the sea, there is another woman who also wants to have a child with him. The sailor cannot decide if he will have one or two children, so he will leave it up to a coin toss. If heads, he will have one child. If tails, two children. But if the coin lands on heads, that is, one child, which woman will have his child? He will decide this by looking at the sailor's guide to ports, and the woman in the port that appears first will be the woman he has a child with. You are his child. You do not have a copy of the sailor's guide to ports. What is the probability that you are his only child, and thus the coin landed on heads? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm a strict. Th- I'm a strict thirder in this in this scenario. Do you have any other? Do you have any? I think I'm also a thirder. I'm persuaded. All right, you have a. Do you have a? Uh, you have an email um, you want to read, or should I pick one? I I actually have, I have some snail mail that I might want to go through. So, yeah, just give me just give me one. Oh, one. okay. That's you opening it. Yeah. For the audience at home, Jacob is running to his mailbox. Oh, he's chat. The mailman just delivered it. He's chatting him up. Oh, he's getting it. Oh, the mailman handed it directly to him, which is actually pretty special if you've ever done that. You know, like um, like sometimes maybe you think you'll just let them put it in the box and you take it out of the box. But I think there's a real kind of special interpersonal connection when the mailman hands it directly to you. It kind of reminds you that, like, you know, it's crazy when you order Amazon. You know, it just no matter what you get, it's just going to arrive like within a day or two. And uh, sometimes we forget that there are real people getting paid almost no money to get you that product. Uh, man, logistics are crazy when you think about it. Um, anyway, so he's really chatting up this mailman here. And I want to take this opportunity to shout out, uh, shout out all the viewers. Um, we recently, I think we already talked about it, but. We hit a thousand subscribers, and that's going to go a long way. We just need you guys to actually watch the videos now. I think, um, I think that's the next requirement for like getting uh, like revenue or something. Is we need uh, what are the requirements? It's like a thousand subscribers, and 
like I think X amount of watch time. And the issue with you guys is you like you like to subscribe, but you don't like to watch the episodes. You kind of watch the first little bit of them. Um. Oh, he's back. Um. He's back. I couldn't find it. Well, you couldn't. F I was talking about how I you went and got mail from the mailman directly, and you had a conversation uh, with him. You lost it on the way back. Yeah. I think I lost it. I had this book that I think would have contained some interesting... Uh-oh. This guy is off the reservation. This is so frustrating. I just, I just saw this recently. And oh. oh my gosh. This guy. Well... Our, our audience is sitting in suspense. They're getting really sweaty, and uh, I'll just be I'll just be I'll just be prepared. Sooner or later, they're gonna get tired of nothing happening. Yeah, we'll solve more problems. Yeah, audience, honestly, email us problems. I don't know. <laughs> we'll come up with an email you can send it to. Well, I'm sad you couldn't find. Yeah, no, it was a, um, I wanted to find some more, like, physics thought experiments, and I have this book on the development mm -hmm. of quantum mechanics, so it just has, like, a bunch of, um, it's, like, bio, it's, like, semi-biographical, and also, like, it just goes through the development of, uh, quantum, so it has, it has, like, some thought experiments and stuff in there but yeah i just wasn't wasn't prepared so i at and you know all the all the freaking thought experiments would probably be ridiculous and entertaining dude i hate the quantum uh -huh. suicide stuff maybe i don't fully appreciate it but it bugs me man it's just like Whatever. All right, what do you got? I'm checking the, checking the email. email. Uh, let's see. What What about um? What if we? What if we end it with something? Oh, sorry. I end it. I. No, well, I don't have to go. I just I I just made an assumption. <laughs> No, no, that's no, fine. Okay, we can be faster. There's Real some I definitely want to talk about. I, I want to talk about um. I want to talk about Doomsday, and I want to talk about uh, 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 the, what's it called? The the basilisk. Okay. I'm. Oh, I think. Let's do um. Doomsday. Okay. Do you understand Doomsday? No, I don't know. I'm going into this. Uh, Doomsday is a okay. Doomsday is rock. tough, and to be honest, I I barely understand it. So I'm gonna have to like rehash it. Um. So Doomsday. I used to really understand this. Actually, maybe maybe we'll skip this one because I don't. I, it's like. Let's do basilisk. 
so this is interesting. Maybe I'll tell a little story about this. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like a little bit of like a, like a kind of a Reddit type deal, but um, I do find it interesting in terms of its construction. There is a website. Have you heard of Less Wrong? Less Wrong, yes. Less Wrong is a community blog and forum focused on the discussion of cognitive biases, philosophy, psychology, economics, rationality, artificial intelligence, whatever, right? So this is kind of in line with like thinking about, you know, super AI and how it's scary, singularity, all this stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Which I think is kind of out of style. So maybe we'll have to refresh ourselves on the fact that it's actually a legitimate concern and possibly terrifying. Do you agree with that? AI? Uh, like, yeah, like singularity, super AI type stuff. I mean, I'm not afraid of it. Okay. Well, become afraid a little bit. I think that it's uh, fake. You think it's fake? Okay. Well, assume it's real because this is, this is the people who I'm, came up with this problem. I'm going to prove that it's fake. Okay. That'll be interesting. Anyway, so, you know, let's get back in the mindset. AI is super scary, like uh, super AI, you know. Anyway, so here's the here's the deal. Um, imagine in the future, whatever, X bajillion, whatever, a bunch of years in the future, super AI comes into existence, yes. all powerful, all et cetera, and uh, physically it takes the form of a basilisk, which is a, uh, I think, giant snake that uh, can turn you to stone by looking at you. Something like that. So the basilisk is benevolent it's extremely helpful but in part of its utilization function whatever right when it's tasked to do the most good it's so helpful right it's so capable of doing good that the primary bottleneck in its ability to do good is the passage of time and so for example if it had come into existence a year sooner it would have been able to accomplish, you know, infinitely more good for human beings, mm-hmm. right? So it decides, oh, and by the way, I'm sorry, we're going to have to put a little cork in this. Why was I talking about less wrong? Someone posted this idea, the original source of this idea, someone posted it on less wrong forum. The owner of less wrong, a quote-unquote legitimate philosopher sooner or later after receiving numerous complaints of panic attacks terror and extreme discomfort amongst users removed the post citing it as being um there's some word it's like uh, info info hazard yeah an info hazard as it's a information that knowing it alone causes harm to either someone else or the person who knows the info so like other examples of info hazards are like nuclear launch codes right like that's information that in and of itself is dangerous or like the recipe for some anthrax that you could make at home right like this is like an info hazard anyway so this the owner of the website removed it saying it's that he said oh it's stupid what's he say he said he removed it saying it was stupid as the dissemination of the information can be harmful uh, can be harmful to even be aware of is itself okay sorry 
saying it was stupid and the dissemination of information that can be harmful to even be aware of it is a harmful act and that the idea, while critically flawed, represented a space of thinking that could contain, quote, a genuinely dangerous thought, something considered an information hazard. So basically, this idea was removed because it was thought to be le like legitimately dangerous or harmful to the people who know the idea. And so I, I, I actually think that that's correct. That th what, what is cool about this idea and why I like this idea is because it's the only one I can think of where my sharing it with some person actually increases the odds of unspeakable harm uh, coming to that person and to a lot of other people. And so, you know, this is a disclaimer, even though it's kind of cringe. And when I when I looked at a video about talking this idea, mm -hmm. the guy makes a big show of like, this idea is dangerous. And it's, you know, so be warned, if you go past this disclaimer, man, you're going to hell forever. You know, it's eternal suffering. Mm -hmm. But But I think it is funny, and I want to give people the opportunity to maybe avoid harm. So, <laughs> anyway, would you like to hear this idea? Um, sorry, didn't we already talk? Didn't we already talk about it? No, we haven't talked about this, have we? Oh, sorry. I just got. I I was reading it while you were talking, oh. and so. So you already know the idea. I think so. Can I can okay. I say what I think it is, and then you tell me if I'm just freaking out of my fucking mind? Go ahead. Wrong. Wait, so this idea, or I don't even know if it's on the wiki, the Wikipedia because it's like, ah, this is a crazy idea. No, no. It's, it's on the wiki. Oh, so it's just like if an AI, super insane, powerful AI exists in the future, then it'd be incentivized to make people in the past help it come into existence faster and therefore... Just knowing about the concept of a AI singularity, like aligns people in the AI's interest to help it come to fruition or something. Yeah, this is pretty close. So, or, or uh, I think essentially the right idea, right? So, like it's in the future, right? It's strongly incentivized to have itself brought into existence sooner, uh, right? So, in a sense, it like already exists, even though it doesn't. It's it's and just begging the question. This is this whole thing is just begging the question. No, next I next paradox. So. Next next problem. No no no. Hold on. I don't think so because yeah, right. If I tell you right, so anyway, in the future, the basilisk decides that uh, anyone who heard about it and did nothing to assist in its uh, existence, yeah, uh, will be tortured for infinity in ways you cannot imagine. And uh, those who helped bring it into existence will be spared. And so I have now put you into the group of someone who knows about it. Yeah. Right? Um, but, and the fact that you know about it increases the utility of the future basilisk's blackmail, right? Like, if its goal is to blackmail you, right, with the idea of if they know about it, right? Uh, and they don't help, I'll torture them forever, right? But if you don't know about it, you are not useful, right? You are not going to increase the utility of this blackmail decision. And yeah. so by you knowing it, you have increased the utility of this decision for the, the basilisk. 
And so in some very small sense, the idea is that my telling you has statistically increased the odds of such a decision being made in the future because by telling you, I have made it more, uh, uh, I've increased the util, the utils that will be gained by such a choice. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see what you mean. So this is, this is really just like a, um, ultimately just like a psychological, just like a psychological thing where. Well, would you agree that by my telling you, I have literally increased the odds that people will be tortured by a super AI? Um, because that's what I think is interesting. Yeah, I think I think yeah, sure, right. But then, but then that's fun. <laughs> but also, that is pretty cool. You have to consider that, um, you know, AI singularity is just not going to happen, and it's fake. And it's fake. But I do think it's cool. I don't know of any other ideas <laughs> that just by sharing it, maybe. Uh, well, any ideas? It's that like I have the, it's to. like you could share nuclear codes. I feel like. Uh, just and just you're, you're now being blackmailed by something that doesn't exist. Just that's really based, actually. But just sharing yeah. any information with anyone, I feel like, you know, is like increases <laughs> the odds of bad stuff happening. My my car is blue. Yeah, I know. No! Right? Because because <laughs> when you think about it, just like. Well, and when you share when you share information with someone, when you just tell someone something, like you're kind of creating a new, you're opening up a new mental space for them, and which contains some amount of suffering. Let's not get too crazy with it. Like, if oh I, no, I I actually know what you're saying, and I agree. Yeah. The, like if I, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I tell All you about <laughs> if I tell you about like photography. Yeah, you will suffer more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually agree with that. It's so funny. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree, actually. All all realms of thought entail suffering, and someone who doesn't know anything about photography is not suffering from that realm of thought. Yes. And by informing them, or as they learn more about photography, the more they will suffer for it. Yes. And that is actually so true. And not talked about enough. Actually, maybe it is. I've read Fahrenheit 451, okay? Uh, you know, it's it's just... Uh, every, every, you know, it's it, everything is just the porcupine dilemma, right? Ooh, what's that? It's, well, it's just like... It's mostly a cope, but it's like the closer you get to someone, the, the greater potential harm there is. Like the... Like as you like get relationships, to know, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As you as you further a relationship with someone, you're just increasing like the potential energy of the fall from like yeah. if something were to happen bad in that relationship. Yeah, but this is true for ideas as well. You think? Yes, I think so too. That's so true. Because like you know, if you just if you just see someone on the street and uh, you know you have a bad interaction with them then there wasn't you there were a stranger before so the amount of like if, if they like say like fuck you yeah or something then there wasn't that it was there wasn't very far to drop right yeah but if like you are you know married to someone for 20 years and then they do like some insane they fucked say, fuck up you it's fucked up real. thing to you yeah if they say yeah if they say fuck you and mean it 
Whoa. That hurts. That's going to hurt. And and similarly, I think the idea here is like, I think our audience right now, there's not many, if anyone, who is in extreme suffering as a result of model trains. <laughs> and yet there are certainly people out there who have gotten so close to the to the conceptual minefield that is model trains that they are in agony yeah 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 all right what's next Ooh, ooh, ooh! what's next <gasps> well now that i've been blackmailed by the basilisk by uh <laughs> by, Nancy by a by a future <laughs> super ai um that's so based uh we can move on i think one of these is on here just because it has a funny name um we could we could probably smash it out of the park in like five seconds oh sorry yeah you go, go for it china brain <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, if if like everyone in China acts yeah. like it was like a neuron, <laughs> like yeah, if they what? got everyone in China, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I'm not even reading it, but I'm just recalling it. Like if everyone in China like acted as like a neuron, and like so so two people were like a synapse, like how like complex of a like mind could you make or whatever? Like would that yeah. thing be conscious or something? Yeah. What, what's the actual problem? Yeah, it's basically they use China. Because they thought, man, China has a lot of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you had, if you, if you had as many people as you do uh, synapses or neurons, rather, if you had as many people as you have neurons in a brain, and you organize mm -hmm. them physically such that you know two people form a synapse and they function exactly as uh, a brain did, so like light comes in from the eye, right, and then like there's a person there who takes that. Right, and they have like yes and no, right? Activation, mm -hmm. not activation, and they just pass along messages, yes or no, to the person next to them, the other Chinese person. Yeah. Would this system of people? How, how long would it take for ten million people to die of starvation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can read. In 1978, the China Brain experiment was conducted. 200 million dead. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Now I just have to read the fucking... Anyway, uh, with this... What, the the green text? Yeah, yeah. No, you can't read that. You can't read it. Wait, I can't? No, no. There's too much in there. But, um... <laughs> tell me. Would this structure have consciousness? Um, no. Next question. Yeah, I think the gut reaction is no, because it's so stupid. But... Well, it's like this just I talking about think... human organization. Like, if this were true, then, like, then, like, society would be conscious or whatever because, like, the whole world is interconnected and, like, information is being passed along. All, I don't know. Like, it really just uh, kind of, like, further asks the question of, like, or, you know... I, 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 I don't think it would work because we couldn't do it right. But I, I, I don't disagree with, like, maybe, like, the fundamental idea. 
I don't know, but I'm not... I don't know. Well, this whole thing is, like, you know, asking if it's conscious. Like, consciousness is, like, not just the sum of it, like, a thing that's just, like, the sum of its parts, you know what I mean? It seems Mm. more like it's, like, a... some sort of special property that emerges from something... Like, it's greater than just the sum of its parts. I don't know if that's... I think, like, the root thing here... And that's the reason why I don't believe in AI. Yeah, well, no, I... I think... I think the real... The root question here is... Could you simulate a brain? And if so, would it I mean, appear conscious? And wait. I think yes. It would appear conscious. Right? Like the the whole idea of getting these people to do it really muddies the water. But mm-hmm. I think you could, yeah. I think if you could simulate every neuron, you yeah. would have something that appears conscious. Okay. And whether or not it is or not, I think is uh, maybe unknowable. But you think, no, it's a computer. We've been through this. Yes. All right, what's next? That's a really fun conversation. Yeah, it's so fun. Me uh, giving really good reasons and you just saying, it's a no, computer. Did, that's not even, it's, <laughs> bro, it's totally the opposite. I was giving, like, the 95 theses on, like, why Nuh-uh. that's conceptually bankrupt. It's electricity. Core. No, dude, you're tactically misremembering. <laughs> Richard, do you want to do another one? Yeah, so I'm I'm just reading. Th- th- this this might just be another fun fast one. So it's Aristotle's wheel paradox. Oh, where's this? It's like oh, a it? mechanical, quote unquote, paradox. Oh, I love it. Okay, I can't see this email, so you'll have to describe it. Yeah. Th- so Aristotle sent me an email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He sent you a scroll. And he said, um. He sent me an excerpt from his work, Mechanica. Yeah, classic. Um, And it says, A wheel is depicted in two-dimensional space as two circles, so two concentric circles. Okay. One larger than the other. Okay. Its larger outer circle is tangential to a horizontal surface. So it's on a flat plane. Yeah, like the road. Yeah, yeah. While the smaller inner one has the same center and is rigidly affixed to the larger. So, so it, it's just stays a tire. in place. Yeah, this is a tire. tire. Yeah. Um, assuming the larger circle rolls without slipping, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. For one full revolution, the distance moved by both circle circumferences are the same. The distance. That's true. The distance. Wait. Tr- that's not true. What? Sorry, say that part again about the circumferences. It, it like the the distance of the wheel rolling is equivalent to both of the um cuz it's one full revolution, right? Which yeah. means that when you when you roll it uh the distance of the circumference of the larger circle, it will end up in the same place, right? And therefore, like if you if you Say you have a wheel, right? Yeah. And you put a chalk mark on a part of the wheel. Yeah. And you say, and you had it on the yeah. ground, pointing yeah, you straight on the up. ground. You roll. You do a full rotation. You, you do it's a full started. You do a full rotation. It's backward started. The chalk mark is still pointing up, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, the larger wheel has traveled further than the smaller wheel, right? 
define traveled further like the distance traveled by that white chalk line because <coughs> the yes. radius yeah yeah that's true yeah right yes anyway uh so the distances moved by both circle circumferences are the same uh the, the distance distances traveled moved by this that's what i don't the distances moved by the circumferences are the same as in the the it just distance, sounds like the rotation they the both distance, went 360 yeah Okay, fine. Um, but the distance travel so the distance traveled by the larger circles equals to its circumference, but for the smaller it is greater than its circumference, thereby creating a paradox. So basically, the okay, wheel has gone. Break this down for me. The wheel has gone one full rotation, right? Yes. You've rolled it down the road one rotation. Yes. Right. They've both just gone they've both done a 360 360 degrees right yeah so the that that is conserved that's constant but the the even though the smaller circle has gone uh only one rotation right if you if you took the smaller circle out and rolled it one rotation yeah it's the distance you covered would be its circumference right yes yes but in the wheel when you roll this system one rotation the distance it covers is greater than its circumference yes. and that's the paradox <laughs> that actually is kind of cool yeah <laughs> well uh wait a second Okay, I don't want to act all amazed by it if the answer is, like, so stupid obvious. If the answer obvious. is just, like, middle school geometry or something. Yeah, middle school geometry, but this is sounding interesting. Okay, so they both... Is that true? Is it true that... Is everything true that's been stated? Yes. Okay, so, yeah, a, a, a circle inscribed in a small circle fixed will rotate they'll both rotate 360 degrees in tandem so if you put like if you put a line on the middle a point on the small circle and a point on the big circle mm-hmm. yeah they're they're oh, rotating but the yeah but the, the one on the inside goes slower well they go in the same speed or no they go the same speed Do you want? Do you want to know the? Um, I mean, it's a velocity. Um, I mean, I get. It's obvious why the big wheel will go farther. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> this actually is pretty interesting. Do you, you, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I mean, so I, stupid. Go ahead and tell me. I have like an intuitive explanation, I guess. Okay, right? I'm sure it'll be good enough for me. Is so the the larger wheel is like the point on the larger wheel right yeah is not well both both wheels they're not just traveling horizontally they also have some vertical motion uh. so the point on the wheel it's it has a larger vertical displacement right or like when it when you rotate it 180 degrees it displaces a larger yeah. distance than the smaller circle so the extra distance that the uh, small wheels picking up is from 
or like the i guess the smaller distance that the big wheel is they even out yeah subtracting yeah. is because it's it's traveling a much greater uh like if you if you if you had some sort of setup where you had like a laser attached to each one of them and you rolled it and the laser was like beaming into like the wall and you saw the path of like the actual arc path of yeah, the yeah, roll. Yeah, I, I know I know what you're saying. Like uh like there'd be a there'd be a much larger vertical um distance that would sort of be that 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 that's just like that's just like distance that you're losing that you don't get to like recover or something. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. horizontal distance is all that is going to be kind of extracted from this because you're just rolling it along a plane. I'm reading the Wikipedia now. Yeah. And people are really actually hyped on this. The problem can be analyzed by a process of expansion and contraction of the two circles. In the 20th century, people were still talking about this. The author of Mathematical Fallacies and Paradoxes uses a dime glued to a half dollar with their centers aligned and fixed to an axle as a model. He writes, this is the solution then, or the key to it. Although you are careful not to let the half dollar slip on the tabletop, the point tracing the line segment at the foot of the dime is both rotating and slipping all the time. It is slipping with respect to the tabletop since the dime does not touch the tabletop. If you do not notice the slipping, you, you do not notice the slipping. If you can roll the half dollar along the table and at the same time roll the dime along a block of wood, you can actually observe the slipping. Oh, that's interesting. Do you know? You know do you know what he means by that? Like, like have the it like necessarily have two has to surfaces. Slip. Yeah, basically the dime. But I don't get. I but I don't even get why slipping is by observing the slipping of the dime is key to this. Well, because it's saying that just um the uh, oh the, the, the oh the yeah 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 the slip. I see. I see. I see. The slip is gonna suck up that extra. Yeah, the inner circle is slipping massively with respect to the surface the wheel rolls on. And that's why the distance traveled is not equal to its circumference. Because the velocity of its circumference is much smaller than the velocity of the circumference of the larger circle. Yeah. Oh, dude, I actually... um. That's interesting. I was but doing my own sense. thought experiment about this. And I was going to type it in um, schizo mode. Yeah. Like, I had a whole paragraph typed up, and then I deleted all of it because I didn't want to drop it yet. But Yeah. But it was literally... It was basically this problem, but special relativity involved, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'd love to see this still. Hmm? I'd still like to see it. Yeah, could I explain it real fast? <laughs> yes. I didn't I didn't finish it, but it was, it was such a, like, a... It was a really fun idea on par with, like, the lasers. Can you see the light being... Like, it was, like, that tier. Yeah, that is so um, good. So, yeah, um, basically, so yeah, if you have, a, if you have a wheel, right? Yeah. If you, if you have a, if, if you have a disc. Please be an it, earth-sized wheel. <laughs> Sorry. It yeah. gets even better. Oh, okay. If, if you so we have, have a wheel. If you have a disc, let's just say a disc. Oh, a disc. 
Okay. If you have a disc and you spin it about its axis, right? Yeah. The tangential velocity of any point any point along the disc yeah. is just is proportional to its radius. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because you have to you have the same angular velocity at any point because it's a rigid disc rotating at the same Yes, yes. Uh, angular velocity. Yeah. But but if you were to select a point anywhere along the uh, the disc, like the inner parts of the disc are um, moving faster than the outer parts. Well, rotationally faster, velocity slower. Sorry. Uh, no, wait, no, 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 sorry. Angularly, all points move at the same speed. Or, Angularly, or all points move at the same speed. Yeah, sorry, but velocity the, sorry, the, outer, much, the yeah, outer, outer is much faster. The outer disc moves much faster because it has to cover a greater arc length in the amount of time, right? Um, and this is just a linear relationship as far as like classical mechanics is concerned, right? I didn't know that, but okay. Like the more, like the more radius you have, like if you just keep increasing I know the size. Was, I, no, I know that. I just didn't know it was linear. Although I took, I took, I remember learning this at some point, but it's like a yeah. division thing. It's, well, the, the actual equation is the V tangential is equal to omega R. Okay. So linear. Yeah, so you just you keep increasing R and the yeah. you just keep getting faster, faster, faster. Yeah, I love right? this. I love where this is going. So now imagine a disc <laughs> <laughs> whose radius is three times ten to the eight meters. <laughs> okay. Which, if you don't remember, the speed of light is three times ten to the eight meters per second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, so the disc is three so, times is three light seconds long. The the disc or the is, radius. The radius is three the radius is one light second. It's one light second radius disc. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. if you if you were to, if you were to spin this at one radian per second. Wait. Wait. Uh, one, wait. I don't know radians. Or I know radian is just radian is just the radial distance. No, so if oh. the if the arc length is equal to is it the degrees? radius, oh, it one radian is the is the radial distance. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. So yeah, if you the, the circumference like it'll go from one point and then the distance it travels is equal to one radian, the point yeah. on the edge of the disc. Yeah. Okay. So if you rotate it at one radian per second, you are rotating this disc at the speed of light. <laughs> <laughs> the point the point the point on the end of the disc is moving at the speed of light yes 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 um <laughs> yeah and you want it gets even better okay right? it gets even better so i looked i i like was crunching the numbers on this yeah to like how big would you know three times ten to the eight like how big would this actually have to be yeah so of course i immediately looked at how far away is the earth from the sun it's like eight minutes well, distance meters wise. Oh yeah. So, the, I think the Earth is like one point two times ten to the twelve meters away from the sun. Uh huh. So, so constructing this disc would it would only be like five percent of the way to the sun. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Like you you could yeah, build yeah, yeah. twenty of these until you reach the sun, right? 
like if radius, you if you via radius or diameter radius okay so, so like 10 of them so 10 of them tip to tip no 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 or yes or okay no 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 20 okay. let's say you started building this on earth right yeah you could have a disc um whose radius was equal to the distance between the sun and the earth right and if you rotated this at like one <laughs> radian per second it would be larger than like than the speed of light by like a factor of like 20 or something <laughs> <laughs> now obviously that's not what actually happens right or that's not what actually would happen the disc will break the disc the will tension, break the tension and also i mean you don't even have to assume that the disc will break right because because of special relativity i'm pretty sure that you just have like length contraction in the disc whoa so that or because you're moving so close to the speed of light the distance would either i think it would it would either increase or decrease such that the speed of light is not surpassed yeah right so it would be decreased the the the, the disc the disc would contract, right? Uh-huh. So that it never reaches the speed of light. So you would, just by rotating this thing, you would, uh, like, necessarily have to, it would have to shrink to remain yeah. consistent with the speed of light. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah, it's almost interesting to think about because, um, it's almost interesting to think about. No, like, it, <sighs> I don't know, dude. The speed of light is kind of slept on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it it, cause it sounds like by creating this object, irrespective of its mass, like just its speed, like it's weird to think about speed. Um, I don't know. It, it's weird to think, I think, about speed forcing uh, like space around something to change. Like, mm-hmm. um, like you would think it's the other way around. Like, it's a pro. Well, I guess it is, right? It's a product of the space that restricts the speed of something. Yeah. But the way you're phrasing it makes it sound like if you build this, space will have to accommodate. Like, space will have to uh, change to <laughs> to prevent you from <laughs> accomplishing <Yeah>. your goal. <laughs> well, the thing, the thing that I thought was like that, I'm still trying to think about this that I thought was insane is like obviously if the if the distance of like a if you if if the distance between the sun and the earth is greater than 1 light second like obviously it is right and obviously the universe is like is like millions of light yeah. seconds like trillions of light seconds or whatever the fuck like yeah 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 it's massive like a ridiculous amount but also like like a galaxy is like rotating right Oh yeah, yeah. And like so the so you have you have a quote unquote object which its radial distance is like billions of is like thousands of light years or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Right. And and galaxies rotate, right? Yeah. Which would mean that just a slight rotation of a galaxy causes some relativistic effect, right? Because it's in order for it to move that amount, um, and now now the thing where this sort of falls apart is that like a galaxy is not like a rigid object, right? Yeah. 
So it's not as if you're rotating this rigid thing a certain yeah, amount. Yeah, where each point needs to have the same. And then also the the other fallacy is um. Because actually, it's probably like the opposite in galaxies. Sorry to cut you off, but like the further you are, uh, your angular velocity is probably much slower than the closer you are to the center. Right, because now you're dealing with gravitation. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So your 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 the gravitational pull yeah. you feel from the center of the galaxy is like one over r squared. Yeah. And so th therefore the centripetal acceleration or cent centrifugal or whatever acceleration yeah, yeah. you experience and therefore the tangential velocity you experience is lower mm -hmm. but also i discovered let me say two more things about this yeah, yeah. so i ran the calculation on the sun like instead of a disc let's say what if we wanted to rotate the sun such yeah. that the edge of it was rotating at the speed of light yeah i'd love to see us rotate the sun it was like a hundred complete 170 revolutions per second or something wow so, that's actually really fast it's way which, faster yeah. than i expected which yeah and but the disc the disc previously described well one rad per second where rad is a light second which mm -hmm. is to, actually never mind that's not wait a light second is a very large distance yeah so actually 170 per second isn't that crazy and so and so again if we were considering here, I'll just I'll just cut at the chase and tell you why this is kind of not that cool. It sounds cool, but then when you think about it, it's actually not that cool, right? So in order for the edge of the disc to be moving at the speed of like if you, because we're just thinking about rotating it like one rad per second, or if we made a larger disc rotating it like an inch per second, right? And then that would be like. Not an inch, sorry, like a, a small angle. Yeah, yeah, it'd be, you know. It would be the speed of light. R over X. Um, but, I don't know, the reason why that's not that interesting is you would, because it's kind of like rephrased in terms of like arc length and rotation, it sounds like you're achieving something, but in yeah. reality, the like you have to move at the speed of light, right? Like, you'd still be, this object, the edge of the disc, would still be moving at the speed of light, even though you've set it up so that it seems like it's just, like, one unit of, you, you know what I mean? Yes, I think so. Like, I, and if we build a bigger disc, we just, if we built a bigger <laughs> disc than the, than the disc, than the angular displacement that you'd have to move over, like, in a second to, in order to cause it to uh, move at the speed of light would just be like equal to the distance covered in that amount of time by something moving at the speed of light you know what i mean yeah 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 so it's like it, it's not really like a way to work around anything it's just like a funny scenario to imagine that you I just do, have this massive object yeah i love the funny scenario and let's let's make it more realistic <laughs> i love imagining like a kind of a space elevator with a with yeah. a point a ball at the end and the way we build it is by we do it from bottom up so like we make you know like imagine like each of the thing is divided into sections and so like to make it taller we like pick it up and insert a new piece at the bottom and then mm -hmm. pick it up and <laughs> insert a new piece at the bottom <laughs> we just keep doing that and we're just using the rotational you know velocity of the of the earth oh yeah and we just uh, keep doing that until we break light speed
on the end. And we put a GoPro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what? So wait, if if this disc were so big, right? Assume the disc was um the size uh, of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Suppose the disc was um was made of C four. Yeah. Um, actually. No, I don't know. I wanted to try and think of a situation where, like, because the material at the edge is moving so much faster, and so it's, like, time dilated, right, or something. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember if it's, like, like, I just wonder, like, if the object at the center, it would need to, there'd need to be, like, a causal relationship between the object at the center, which was the reason that the object at the edge rotated, and yeah. then you deleted uh, the object at the center. Um, mm-hmm. but like the piece at the edge would continue to be acted upon by it, but I can't remember the way it works. Like if it's, if, if the object at the edge, I don't know, but I do love speed of light stuff. I love the speed of motion yeah. too. When you have like a, a, a light year long stick that weighs mm-hmm. nothing and you just push it from one <laughs> <laughs> You push really it I love that because it's so funny that it's <laughs> such <laughs> it's such it's such a um like for some reason people people myself included will like totally sign on to the speed of light uh, yeah. in some like abstract sense but as soon as you're faced with pushing <laughs> a, pushing a stick like all of a sudden it's like incomprehensible that the, the other end wouldn't move instantly yeah <laughs> i love it it's so funny i'd love awesome. to get it on video like the stick compressing yeah on GoPro, red bull yeah kitchen yeah red bull speed of light i mean you've seen those videos you know where they they prove it and stuff uh like you can do it pretty easily with like a uh oh like some, oh like, you, you get like a just a really long stick and then they record slow-mo guy like no it, it, they just they record like electrical impulse stuff mm-hmm. but it's not even that long of a stick like, there's some guy on youtube who made a video it's like a whatever it's like a meter long and he just hits the end of the hammer and he has like shit such that when he makes contact it sends an electrical impulse and then when the other end moves it hits something that you know, electrical impulse, and it's somehow the way I made it sound makes it sound kind of crude and wouldn't actually prove it, but it's pretty interesting. Okay, I'm uh, oh shit. Um, sorry, I just was looking at another another paradox. Oh, there's also the classic, um, now that we're talking about the speed of light, there's the classic uh, barn door, like ladder paradox. What's this? Where, let's say you have a ladder, and so you have a barn of length L, and it has two doors, one in the front, one in the back, right? Wait, hold on, sorry. A barn of length L? What does that mean, barn of length L? Like a barn, just like let's We're say you have a front. barn. You have a barn. You're looking at the front. There's a door. Okay. So right. I, yeah. And then you go go into the barn. There's another door at the back. 
Yeah. And the the entire length of this barn is just L. L. Okay. Right. And then let's say you have a ladder whose length is L plus some amount. Okay. Right. So that if you were to try to put this ladder in the barn and close both doors, you could not. Yes. Right? Yes. So now you open both doors of the barn. Yeah. And you pick up the ladder and you get a get a running start from outside the barn. <laughs> right? Yeah. You get a running start and you build up enough speed such that you are running close to the speed of light. <laughs> <laughs> With the yeah. ladder in your hands, <laughs> such that by the time you reach the inside of the barn, the ladder, ha- the the length can it is contracted enough, length contracted enough, such that you could close both doors of the barn now for a split second. Yeah, right. Yeah, because the ladder is moving at the sp- near the speed of light, and so it's now its length contracted. You could, you could close the doors at just the right moment. So that the ladder can now fit in the barn, right? Yeah. And that's just that's, that's another it. one of those. I yeah. love it. That's really funny. I just love all this stuff. Um, I have like the dumbest question ever. It, it's not even a real question because I know the answer, mm-hmm. but it's something that for some reason, like, do you ever have things that you become occupied by, like thinking about, even yeah. though you know it's not interesting, and it's and yes. it's and it's like you understand why it is the way it is and yet yeah like like sometimes you're thinking about like like square roots or something <laughs> yeah 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 like if i asked you to like compute the square root of like uh you know 39 or something mm-hmm. like just with a pencil and a paper yeah like you there's no way to get like get an exact result yeah, you know, or like, th- like they're just like a bunch of approximation schemes. Yeah, the or, square roots you know are I mean? fake. Yeah, it's like you you do rad thirty nine right, and you're just gonna use a bunch of algebra to end up with something where it's an integer times a square rooted number because there's no square root of thirty nine or no integer square root. Of right, 39. but it, but if you wanted to, I'm saying if you wanted to find the um the actual numerical oh like like you decim- have computers at your decimal. disposal or are we doing no 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 like like design an algorithm to find the square root of a number that doesn't have an exact square root right and then Wait. if you look into this there are all these different techniques where um using like so, i don't know logarithms wait. and like shit well hold on so rad 39 are you picking thirty nine in particular? Like, wait, like so? Would rad thirty nine do? Just I'm because like, it's just because you can't. It's an irrational expression, right? Yes. Yeah. And so you're just saying like algorithms for getting more decimal places. Yeah. Yeah, like pi stuff. Like, there's like all these different algorithms for getting digits of pi. Yeah, or like thinking about thinking about, so like a square root is easy. Like just like you know, square root is like something to the one half power. Yeah. Thinking about like, okay, well, what does like something to like the uh, uh, like five like five seventh power like what is that actually correspondent to? You know what I mean? 
it's the seventh root of the number to the fifth power. Yeah, yeah, but like thinking about like because like a square root is like okay that side length l or side length. It's like you're finding the di- the side length of like a square. In oh, like geometrically, what to does make like, the area it... that thing? But it's like yeah. what like it just gets to a point where there's no like physical intuition. It's just you're in the numbers. Yeah, but it would be the numbers. It would world. be forget the five, right? Just think of like whatever x to the one over seven. Mm-hmm. It would be a seven-dimensional cube, right? Whose mm-hmm. sides you know. It would be the length, the side length of a seven-dimensional cube, whose uh, volume is. Uh, See, it's just completely X. not intuitive, and like yeah, 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 yeah. Make... Well, anyway, the thing I think yeah. about sometimes <laughs> is my coffee. When I make my coffee, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so when I make my coffee, I I do pour over. Are you familiar uh-huh. with the mechanisms of pour over? You, there's some container holding the coffee and you put it over your cup and then you pour the hot water into that thing and the coffee comes out the bottom yes and and i follow right i want to make really good coffee so i follow a recipe and so i use a scale okay yeah. and right so imagine i've got the container it rests on top of my mug and all of this is on the scale right so i put it mm-hmm. on and i add water okay now when the water makes contact with the coffee right that force or weight or whatever yeah. transfers because the thing is resting on top of my mug and the mug hits the scale, right? And so it, 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 it picks up on that weight, right? Yeah. But when the water seeps through, there's a moment in time where the water goes through the coffee and then it drips into the mug, right? In that yeah. moment where it's in space, right? That's weight subtracted from the system, right? Okay. Right? So I figure if my scale were really, really good, I would see that show up. I think that checks out to me. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm thinking... You you were saying so the But I, I keep imagining I keep imagining (laughs) for some reason I keep imagining this whole problem but scaled up. And like instead of drops yeah. of water, it's like bowling balls and stuff. <laughs> but I can't help but think about it. It's so stupid. But the way the direction my mind went is not a better scale, but a really really tall coffee mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that when the water is <laughs> yeah. dripping, there would be it's a, like, like ten second free fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is what I imagined. <laughs> You know what bugs me? Bugs me, but what? interests me is the two generals problem. Let's hear it. It is. Imagine you have a valley with two mountains on the side, and on either of the two mountains are two armies or two like squads, and they belong to the same army. And in the bottom of the valley is the enemy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I think the rules are like so. Basically, these two squads want to team up on the enemy in the valley. Okay. Yeah. But the valley is filled with a thick fog. Okay. And mm-hmm. maybe I don't want to mess this up, but basically they're trying to communicate. The two squads yeah. want to communicate and plan their attack. Right. 
So like squad A wants to send a message to squad B saying attack at noon, right? Mm-hmm. And so they can't do it visually, so they have to send a little messenger. And I think for I don't know I don't I can't remember why, but for some reason the messenger can only make a one-way trip. Let me pull it up actually so I can figure out the answer to that question. Maybe it's just some like cringe. Do you see why the messenger um over an unreliable link in the experiment two generals are only able to communicate with one another by sending a messenger through enemy territory the experiment asks how they might reach an agreement on the time to launch an attack while knowing that any messenger they send could be captured but i don't get so definition two armies blah 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 the only I don't way think, the i don't two, think it it'll i don't unfortunately, think unfortunately um, the value is not that it's not that the messenger can only be sent once it's that so if i oh, send a message to you well no, no no if i send a message to you you now know about it but now i need to know if you agree with the plan right? yeah yeah, and yeah then, but you would think the messenger would just go both and then, ways no no no. and then no right but so so i send a message to you i say attack at noon you say yes the messenger comes back and says yes but now you don't know oh yeah yeah if yeah, yeah. i know that you, you don't know that i know that you know we're attacking at noon and that's the problem well why can't right yeah both part because one you party, don't know if one the messenger... party can be sure right yes well you would think yeah 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 one party can be sure right because i can send a messenger and say okay if you're not back by three o'clock then you're dead so we don't even need to worry about the fact that you might get captured although that seems like it's an important part of the problem but i don't really get why and then I send you out, you tell them, and then you have to return to me and say, okay, he agrees, you know. And so I know that both parties got the message, but the other general doesn't. What about the other general? What if both generals, okay. Both generals <laughs> sent solvable. a messenger. What if, yeah, yeah, so I send a me- I'm going to you, right? So I send my messenger to you. And he says, Jacob, we're attacking at noon. In order for this to work out, you need to give me a messenger. Okay. So now there's two messengers, one mine, one yours, and we're at your house. Then both come back to me. Mine tells me, hey, he responded. He got your message. We're attacking at noon. The other guy says, your guy says, I'm just here to confirm that you received this message. Yeah. I'm going to go return and confirm that. They got the message. So you, so both parties do the same thing, basically, and both get confirmation. Yeah. Did we just I solve a, a problem that's allegedly unsolvable? Yes. However, I'm going to say that someone would probably cope and mope and snope that when when my messenger leaves, you're, you have no way to know if my messenger ever gets back to me. Say it again? Oh, yeah, but and, I already got my, but my message... Yeah, yeah but, I won't. but my messenger has to confirm to me that your <laughs> messenger made it back to you. Yeah, so that I know that you're on board with the plan, too. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Okay, so an unsolvable problem. Uh, and this is just a fact, right? Here's, here's the solution. You nuke the valley. Yeah, nuke the valley. The Everyone will see soldiers. it. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the message is... Here's the, solu- here's the solution. You invent airplanes and then, <laughs> and then write a... Real life, how do you think these things went down? Just trust? Yeah. Trust and... Basically, yeah. 
just like gosh i hope it works i hope they got the message yeah high risk thresholds i guess back then yeah yeah and then the idea is like this is like a problem in computing is what they always bring up right this is a problem in computing right i send you a text i can't know for sure that you got that text right they'll send delivered messages and stuff but then your computer doesn't know that i know that i got the text all this stuff that's pretty good i really like the physics ones dude that or the at least that wheel one for a moment Mm -hmm. i was super hyped on yeah i I just what's the i just sent a a ton more what's the plank of carnitas carnitas this is you right uh carnities carnities nuts (laughs) so okay it's an ethical thought experiment right so in the thought experiment there are two shipwrecked sailors a and b they both see a plank that can only support one of them uh the both of them swim towards it sailor a gets to the plank first sailor b who's going to drown pushes a off and away from the plank and thus proximately causes a to drown Sailor B gets to the plank and is later saved by a rescue team. The thought experiment poses the question of whether Sailor B can be tried for murder because if B had to kill A in order to live, then it would arguably be in self-defense. Oh, yeah. So just is so. it self-defense or not? Yeah. Um, can we just assume that A and B are of equal physical characteristics and like the only thing that led A to getting there first was chance? Uh, well, even if they were of different like even if A was just a way faster swimmer maybe that's a different issue or e- what if you know even if they got there at the same time I think it'd be the same yeah I find it say they get there at the same time well no yes they get there at the same time and one of them does something to the other yes what do you think is it self defense first of all would you do it perfect stranger Probably. Yeah, I don't think it's murder. I think that's a state of nature type of situation. Yeah, we solved it. Okay. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it seemed pretty easy. What's Molyneux problem? That's yours. Is it the problem of Stefan Molyneux? And what do we do about him? So this is a... um... This, this question was originally posed to John Locke by philosopher William Molyneux, okay. who was, who, whose wife was blind, right? Mm-hmm. And here's the original text. Suppose a man born blind and now adult and taught by his touch to distinguish between a cube and a sphere of the same metal and nighly of the same bigness, so as <laughs> to tell when he felt one and the other. Which is the cube, which is the sphere. Suppose then the cube and the sphere placed on a table were placed on a table, and the blind man made to see query whether by his sight before he touched them he could now distinguish and tell which is the sphere, which the cube, to which the acute and judicious prosper answer not. For though he has obtained the experience of how a globe and how a cube affects his touch, Yet he has not attained the experience that what affects his touch so or so might affect his sight so or so. 
at first I was gonna say stupid so, question, but it's not that stupid. Basically, it's just would he be, if he would he be able to tell the difference between a cube and some other object if he were made to see and he query his only experience were touch. Do you know what it means to wit? Two space wit colon. It's like a thing I've seen in literature. To, to wit, I think that's just like to wit is used to indicate that you're about to state or describe something more precisely. Um, okay. I think the only interesting thing about this little query is that he answers it in the non-intuitive. I feel like the intuition for all sight sighted people would be like, yeah, you'll be able to tell, and he's saying no. I think he does say they could tell. No, he says they couldn't tell. Oh, okay, never mind, yeah. What do you think? Could they tell? It's hard, I think, because you... I mean, it's kind of silly because, like, you know, you can't get into that headspace, but... Like, the, well, to us, the visual is so intuitive as to, like, indicate how it would feel. I think... Yeah, to not, I think they could to tell. not be... To not be... Um, cringe and blue-pilled, I think you'd have to maybe think about the cognitive science aspect or whatever. Like, is the... Like how good how 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 great is the overlap between like touch touch data and like sight? You know what I mean? Yeah, because I would imagine the congenital blind person is in some sense forming an image, maybe not necessarily a visualization. Yeah. But some type like like being born blind, like maybe the uh, like quote unquote visual elements of the mind, like adapt. I think they could tell. I think, uh, I mean, imagine. I don't know. I, I, I think I think they could tell. And, you know, you assume they have all the language necessary, right? Like, people tell them endlessly and describe it all sorts of ways, right? I mean, that doesn't yeah. hurt the problem. And, like, you're telling me, like, forget, forget about uh, the fact that they're blind, you know? Like, just imagine someone described, well, I guess you would be like, even if yeah. they hadn't well, touched the, it. Here's the deal. Here's the deal is if this person was instantaneously made to see or whatever, or like, ma you know. Yeah. Like, they wouldn't know how to process any information visually, right? You think, like, they wouldn't be able to function? I'm just saying, like... Or, like, they wouldn't even be able to see, essentially. Like, yeah, basically. Because we're talking like the, about like this. Like, the part of the brain is, like, messed up or something, you think? We're talking about this in like a very crude way, but like it's it's not as if you just like plug in the right yeah. thing and then that like system gets like yeah, like you'd ask him, you'd say you'd point at the things on the table and say, "All right, which is the sphere? Which is the cube?" And yeah. he'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And he'd be having like a fucking like existential like freak out they would, breakdown. They wouldn't even know. They wouldn't even know that you're that there are discernible objects. Perhaps he wouldn't the even. Table. They wouldn't even. Yeah, they wouldn't even understand pointing, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But I mean, assuming assuming that. Uh, so okay, let's let's modify this. No, let's not modify this. Wait, let's modify this. Okay. So assume that this isn't a person who has been blind since birth or whatever. Mm. But like, let's say, let's say you temporarily you put a blindfold on someone, and then you make them touch like two objects, uh, of like material they've never 
encountered before, right? Talking about texture? Sure. Okay. Like, let's say someone grew up in, like, the Sahara Desert, and all they know is sand. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. They've never, ever touched, like, a palm. or They've never, ever touched, like, a, um, like, an apple. Okay. Right? Yeah. And they've never, ever touched a, like, something, like, wooden. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you, so you give them these two objects. One of them is apple. One of them is wood. They're the same shape, right? Yeah. But you, they can feel the different texture. Yeah. And then you remove the blindfold and just ask them to identify which object they were touching. Could you do it? Yes. You think so? <sighs> I, okay, so they've never even seen something smooth versus something rough. Like this person well, literally I'm saying, only I'm knows saying, sand visually. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying that the. Um, can I imagine they could look at the wood, see that it is rough. Like you can see texture, and they're or right. easier. They would see the apple and see that it is smooth, and they would be able to connect rough and smooth. Although, maybe you're right because they don't know what what feels like what like. I intuit that smooth feels how smooth feels. Yeah. Like this poor this person was just born in the sand. <laughs> I like they thinking more about that. <laughs> uh. They they've subsisted off of scorpions, eating scorpions. Person born in the sand. Now, if we blindfolded him and let him embrace Christ, let him embrace Christ, yeah. and then took off his blindfold and showed him a lineup, would he be able to pick out Christ? The answer is obviously That's very yes. Interesting. <laughs> Does Christ want to be seen? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. I think okay. No, I think the answer is no because uh, obviously, you know, Christ isn't everyone. That's true, and but so, no, Christ Himself is constantly referred to as having this very special magnetic nature. Nature in the Bible. I guess so. Yeah. So, yeah, the literal Christ. Yes, you'd be able to tell. <laughs> but if you, the if there's just Christ. an extremely Christ-like <laughs> person. <laughs> Yeah. Could you could you could you pick him out in the lineup? That's a question. All right. Well, I think we got through most of them. I don't quite understand. We could maybe finish if you want. You do you feel good about Hilbert's hotel? Five Nights at Freddy's. No. The one about a hotel with infinite rooms, and then you have to add more infinite, you know, rooms. I feel like this is stupid. Mm -hmm. This is going to be something that's like crazy to people who don't understand affinities. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to find like another fun. No, fuck. Shit. Hmm. I'm so pissed. So the disc thing we were talking about earlier is called the Aaronfest Paradox. The what? Aaronfest Paradox. What is it? 
concerns the rotation of a quote-unquote rigid disk in the theory of relativity. Oh, no way. In its original formulation as presented by Paul Ehrenfest in 1909, it discusses an ideally rigid cylinder that is made to rotate about its axis of symmetry. Radius of R in the laboratory frame is always perpendicular. However, the... However, the circumference 2 pi r should appear to Lorentz contracted uh, to a smaller value than that than at rest by the usual factor gamma. This leads to the contradiction that r equals r naught and something. I guess it's not the same. Well, it sounds like it's saying the disk would contract. Yeah. Okay. Dude, we need yeah, to make he, something go f- as fast as the speed of light. Is I mean, we are, <laughs> haven't we already done it with like particle accelerators? They go essentially. You want me to go? You want me to make something go at the speed of light? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about um? Yeah, we need like quantum entanglement text messaging systems. You want you want to talk about quantum entanglement for a second? Um. I don't know. I feel like I like when you tell about, you know, the odds of a soda can tipping over due to quantum entanglement, but like th- yeah. but the details I can't imagine are anywhere near as interesting. But riddle me this, is quantum entanglement utilizable? Is utilizing quantum entanglement utilizable? Is it is utili- is, yes. is is it possible conceivably? Yeah, it's already been done. Is that the quantum computer idea? No, it's... Those are um, like qubits and so, shit. So quantum teleportation. Do you want to talk about quantum teleportation? I do want to talk about quantum teleportation. It's actually so insane, it's going to change your life. Yeah, if only it could be done with bigger objects. Like well, like me it, to my work, so I don't have to drive. Or me, me to the store. That's actually so true. <laughs> so... It's really what you're teleporting is the the information, right? Yeah, you don't teleport not, no material. You're not you're not making something you're not taking something over here and then making it appear over here yeah. via some like crazy You are thing. yeah, you're having communi- you're having information appear somewhere faster than the speed of light. No. What? That is that's not allowed. Uh, <laughs> is quantum entanglement not faster than the speed of light? I thought it was. Uh, like, no, I'm pretty sure you can't. No, I thought that it, was yeah, like the whole thing. Uh, no, it cannot occur. It does not occur faster than the speed of light. Okay, isn't entanglement my like elementary school idea of it? Is you've got particles that are in some sense entangled, connected, and they mm-hmm. can go far away from each other. Or they can be far away from each other, and something that happens to one happens to the other. Yes, but it cannot happen. But the at the faster than the speed of light. So it has to happen to one thing first, and then slower than the speed of light. There, there's a delay, and then the next thing happens. Right. Oh, well, this, so I here's the whole thing was like, it happens instantly. No. Oh, uh, what the hell? Can, can I tell you the essence of it? Yeah, tell me the essence of it. So, um. Yeah, you basically so you entangle two particles together, right? Okay, hold on. Which they, just means you do it, or they already are. You do it. Oh, whoa! How do you do that? To them, you construct an entangled pair of particles. Okay. 
and this is just done by like you you set them up in some some way or whatever um, and then you operate on you operate on both of them with the same uh, you know the same operator thing right which that just corresponds to like you make them the same you put them in the same state right okay and now you can separate them and because they're both in the same they're 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 entangled they're they're one complete state together and then you you separate them so so that now they're separated by some distance right uh but they're not they're not the same like if you had two electrons right you have one spin up one spin down and then together they are a um they are a uh what's the, there's a specific name for the uh, they're they're a triplet state or something or that's for three whatever it doesn't matter so you have electron one spin up one spin down right and then you you move them but you don't know which one is like spin up which one's spin down okay right i thought you put them so in the take, same state you take a met you, you take a measurement, you put them in the same, combined, they're in the same overall state, right? But individually, they're not in the same state. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to extract any information from, like, the system. Okay. Or, I guess, I suppose you could, there might be, there might be a version of this where you put them in the same state, and then you operate on one of them with the thing, and... So therefore, the other one, because you collapsed that one into that state, the other one has to be in. It tells you information about what state the other one is in. Right. Here's a here's a really here's a really intuitive way to um to kind of explain it. Let's say I go to Burger King. Let's say I go to McDonald's. There we go. Right. And I order a McChicken and a McDouble. Yeah. Right. And I tell and I tell them to put it, put it in the bag, in the same have put them in the same wrapper, right? Okay. Same wrapper. No, in the same like there's there's no it doesn't say McChicken or it doesn't say oh McDouble. I see I see and they appear like they're in, the in same like thing. yeah they're in two two just regular wrappers yeah which by and the I put way them in a bag in real life McDonald's for those wondering they put them in different wrappers. Yes. But then I drive to your house and I give you one of the sandwiches. Yeah. And then I go back to my house, right? And we both we're both sitting on Discord. Yeah. And we open up our sandwiches or I open up my sandwich. Yeah. And you're sitting on Discord with me. So I open it up and I see that it's McChicken. I know that you have the McDouble. The McDouble. Yeah. Right? And that's like the essence of quantum teleportation. But now I have to communicate to you that I have the McChicken. Yeah. And and that can't happen. That cannot happen faster than than the speed of the communication medium. Right. Yeah. I wish um. I wish the stick thing broke the speed of light, and then like computers <laughs> were just a bunch of sticks that were getting banged on one end. You mm-hmm. know. So like to communicate there was a some series of sticks 
between us? A series of sticks. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like instead of the flow of electrons, it was a, it was a flow mm. of motion of sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. What a that. different world we'd live in. Like phones. There, there reminds me of like <laughs> trying to build, trying to build a computer out of a, like like a marble machine like instead of electrons you're using marbles yeah, physical. and like physical physical gates yeah. to for the logic yeah. have people done this like how i imagine people like how large yeah yeah well yes definitely but it's like how large of a marble apparatus to like make a intel i7 <laughs> like <laughs> chip yeah well, probably like planet earth sized I mean, like, at you least just, if you, if, yeah, if you just ratio, I mean, we could do the math yeah. on this. What's the, you know, how much larger is a marble than an electron? Mm-hmm. And then just, just don't multiply we... the Intel chip by that number. I wonder how you would simulate, like, a transistor with a marble apparatus, right? Well, brief me real quick on transistors. Like, so a transistor is like a PNP or an NPN juncture, junction where each of the regions are like connected to some external source of like current or whatever. And then you establish a current in the base region. You establish not, a voltage in the base region which pulls which pulls either P or N carriers from the respective, uh, like other, like the either like the P or the N regions, and that creates like an electric field, which then forces like electrons across the threshold or whatever, and creates a, like boosts the. It amplifies the current or something like that. I'm sure you could do this with marbles. I have no idea what you just described, but if they can do it in Minecraft, they can do it with marbles. And would, and they would, do and it. they would, <laughs> and they will do it. <laughs> Wait, hold on, yeah. Just the, the, me telling you the information of a Minecraft server with someone trying to build this machine. Uh, now, now you're basically you're being blackmailed into <laughs> into, into building it, <laughs> into servicing the Minecrafter building this. Okay, so the standard glass marble is 15, well, 16, but we're going to call it 15 millimeters. No, we'll do 16. 16 millimeter t- diameter. So uh, is this, this is not even going to work. Radius of electron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, it's no, we have an answer. Ridiculous. Okay. Um, dang it. I'm trying to get this 16. Uh, times 10 I can't it's 2.82 times 10 to the negative 15 meters so let me just do that I know how to do scientific notation convert so we're going to go 1 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 15 mm-hmm. okay so I have the diameter the radius of an electron 
meters to millimeters. Okay. Oh, it's to the two point to the negative twelve millimeters. Okay, so then we go one, two, three, right? Meters. Millers a hundred, right? Yeah. So go right one decimal place. Milli is a thousand. There's a thousand millimeters in a. So yes. do I move it from fifteen to twelve? As if <laughs> thirteen. 12, 15, oh, 14, 13, 12, so 3. This is someone with a degree in mathematics. Yeah, by the way, everyone, this is someone with an advanced mathematics degree. Okay, so, okay, so we have, and then 15, uh, 16, 8 divided by. This is someone who graduated cum, cum laude. Cum loud. Cum, cum loud. Okay, so we have the answer, hold on. It's this. From Harvard. Okay, we're in millimeters here. Wait, times. For those of you at home that don't know, yeah, Troy actually holds a mathematics degree from One, Harvard. Two, three, four, five. Where he six, graduated seven, eight, summa nine, cum laude. Ten, Eleven, twelve. Sigma cum laude. Millimeters to meters. Okay. Oh no, I'm so stupid. It's that number. I think this should have taken like times, like a couple seconds. No, it should not have taken a couple seconds. Okay, we're doing Intel i7. Yeah. Intel i7. Uh, you just do the ratio of I the am. fucking I, sizes. And I know, but I had, I had to deal with all the scientific notation. That's the issue here, bucko. Okay. You just you can just it's divide, 37, directly it's divide. It's thirty-seven millimeters. So okay. times thirty-seven. Is that right? Yes, that's the ratio times 37. Then this is in millimeters. Oh my gosh, all the scientific notation is killing me. Because <laughs> I have to keep undoing it. Okay, this, and then 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Okay, um, millimeters. <laughs> now we have to get it into a sense that we have to compare it to the size of the Earth. Millimeters yeah. to meters. Okay, we're looking at some big number. So it's meters. How many uh, radius of Earth in meters is this number? One, two, I'm so three, for the four, five, six. Okay, so this thing is. Um, this thing is sick. This okay. So what we're doing here? This is a Intel i7, but instead of mm -hmm. electrons, we're using marbles, and yes. everything else is made of wood. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> this this Intel i7 marble version would be six <laughs> sixteen thousand times. Yeah. The side length. The side length of the square chip would be sixteen thousand <laughs> times the size. Of the radius of Earth. Easy. So well, we should get started. <laughs> yeah, we, we better we better get moving. <laughs> what about the radius of the sun? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Radius. Would it be larger than the sun? <laughs> radius. Oh, probably not. I think the sun's like a million times bigger than the Earth, right? Radius of sun in meters. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's not going to be anywhere near. Well, actually, no, 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 no. It's over. Is that right? Meters. Million meters. Yeah. Okay. It is. 150 times the radius of the sun inside oh length. So this thing so will be this, larger than the so sun. It's, well, it won't be as voluminous as the sun probably because it's, well, I don't want to go back and calculate how thick this chip will be, uh -huh. but... Only, only, only like, you know. Yeah, we're assuming, I mean, the, 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 the Intel chip is four millimeters thick and uh, uh, 15 millimeters long. Or no, that's the marble. 37, 30, whatever. Anyway, this, this CPU would be very large. Yes. I wonder what the, what's the uh, clock speed <laughs> on that. Yeah. How do I overclock my marble <laughs> CPU? <laughs> you grease the marbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be slow as shit. You grease them up. Yeah, how's, a, how's that going to travel, like? just absurd yeah imagine just, imagine building this first of all and then you're like everyone's like oh this is gonna be so awesome and then they're like oh wait and then they have to wait like the lifetime <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> calculation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to render one frame of mine yeah. <laughs> yeah there's like a you have to build a cache you know <laughs> you have to like build the cache and all this stuff you have to have RAM for it to work. Marble RAM? <laughs> yeah. It's just like cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like cups on strings, so they like lower and stuff like this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. So basic. There's nothing funnier than just making things bigger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's probably good for now, but we have... A huge list of problems we still have to get to so i i wouldn't be opposed to doing this again it's pretty funny yeah and this we, we should definitely try to get more peeps yeah i think you're right that would make it that would make it very fun yeah yeah i agree i agree well all right um send us your problems post them in the comments i think i'm gonna do i'm gonna edit this one myself and i'm gonna make a uh I'm gonna make like some type of like schizo intro, like a highly edited uh -huh. like it. It sounds like schizophrenic voices with echo and like they're <laughs> overlapping, and it's like just like thoughts about problems, you know? Yeah, or just like like excerpts from like TED talks or something. No, 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 my own voice. I'm gonna record okay. it. It's gonna be like okay, good. What's the problem? Where are we going? We need to do the problem, and, but it's like. <laughs> something like this i don't know if you have any ideas let me know but i want to try and edit speed of light yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> Two thousand, yeah just six marbled marble yeah. diameter <laughs> yeah i'll think of something well, all right uh thanks for listening all right that's our, that's show. our show bye 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 all right stop recording <laughs>